0: Greetings and welcome to Mysteries of the Mornland. Mysteries of the Mornland is a level up, advanced 5th edition actual play horror podcast set in the world of Eberron. As a horror podcast, listener discretion is advised. You can find a full list of content advisories in the episode description. Again, listener, welcome. We are excited to have you.
1: Hello, I'm Cassandra, and I will be playing Rook, Changeling Sorcerer.
2: Hi, I'm Sloan, and I will be voicing Van, the Warforged Fighter. Hi, I'm David, and I play Chef, the
0: Dragonborn Cleric. Hello, I'm Will, I'll be playing Syntec, the Gnome Artificer. And my name is Josh, I will be your narrator. Welcome back,
1: everyone. Good evening. Hello. Hello. Happy to be here. Do we survive the train crash? I need to know. I have my new character already.
3: we will
0: now be playing. (laughs) You hear the sound of the train behind you veering radically and violently to the right and the impact of the third car behind you. The impact sends a shockwave, blasting you all out of your seats. The people cry out in pain and shock as they strike the ceiling, and then land on the windows, which were once south-facing. As you feel the glass piercing your hands and clothes, the creaking noise above you makes you realize y'all are in active danger. You hear a noise come over the sending stones. Please, uh, please remain calm. Please remain calm and exit the rail in an orderly fashion. No, no, give me the mic. Exit carefully if you can. And pay attention. Don't try any heroics. If someone's stuck or wedged, we'll deal with that in just a second. Everyone get out in a calm and orderly manner.
1: Without a moment's delay... Rook is going to try and get to her feet, and I am going to burn a sorcery point to use all eyes, which allows me to draw people's attention and get them to listen to me in chaotic situations. Cool. meet. Wonderful. What do you say? I stand, and I say, All right, everybody, stay calm. Follow me to the exit. We do not want to pack up. If anybody's stuck, there will be a rescue crew in soon. The people
0: littering the shattered windows of this car are all of the sorts that y'all met earlier. Several of them are halflings, some of them are warriors, some of them are dressed in mage's robes. Whoever is able to draws themselves to their feet and looks around. What you would normally be able to use as an exit is now wedged underneath several pounds of metal. You'll probably need to go to the edge of either car and climb out the top.
4: While we're getting ourselves collected, Sheth is going to look around and see the state of the people in the car with us. Obviously, some people are injured. Is there anybody who seems mortally wounded?
0: Mortally wounded. Hmm. All right, give me a perception check. You can use wisdom.
4: Sure, sure. Wisdom. Oh, hey, I'm good at that. Ooh, 17.
0: As the sounds of chaos in the car decline and turn to a murmur of speculation and cooperation, you nonetheless hear a cry of pain. Someone is shouting out in agony. Coming from a direction of a different car. Not in here. This car seems to have gotten out without all too much structural damage. There is a car on top of you, though.
4: Ah. Well, guess we got to get out of here, first thing.
1: Yes. Let's get those in this car to an exit. Uh, Van, we may need your help. Some of the metal here might be bent. We
2: might need it cleared. I'm on it. You said the exit was covered in several pounds of, um, or whatever unit of measurement. Use an
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's more accurate to say that the south-facing exits are wedged into the dirt. Okay. All right. That said, the north-facing exits are pointing straight up into the air. Folks can climb up, although it's not an exit that was meant to be climbed. Hmm. How wide
2: across is the car? So the cart is on its side. Yeah, it's about 25 feet wide. Oh, okay. So can we make it out of the windows then, or can we climb? Because I I do have a proficiency in athletics uh, with a specialty in climbing, so I actually could get out there if needed.
0: Your main options, you can try to scale the floor and seats. You could also throw a rope up. But what you see a lot of folks trying to do, those who have gotten themselves to their feet, they're building piles of detritus to try to make it so that it's accessible to climb up. You have halfling waiters who have to get out of here for crying out loud.
3: If one of us can get up and then attach a rope to the outside of the car, that would speed it up to getting everyone else out.
4: Sheth is happy to try to climb, either
2: along with Van or instead of Van. Yeah, Van, Van is more than happy to, to climb. He has a lot of experience on mountainside, so climbing up some chairs shouldn't be too difficult for him.
0: Give me your strength athletics check there, Van. All right.
4: Yeah. Is there a way we can climb together? Can we, like, help each other
0: climb up? Sure. By giving him a boosty, you're able to roll with
2: advantage there, Slim. Thank God, because okay. I just rolled A4, so yes, I'll <laughs> re-roll that. Here to help. Oh, much better. 22. Oh, cool, teamwork. Makes a dream work.
0: All right. The two of you assisting each other are able to bypass the people doing the good work of building the pile. Van, between standing on Sheth's shoulders and grabbing what objects in the car you could, you've pulled yourself up on top of the side of the lightning rail. The site before you is chaotic, frankly. Of course, there is the otherwise pastoral countryside of Brayland, and then there's the metallic wreckage on which you stand. You're about five feet from the car which was directly behind you, which has now piled itself cattywampously onto your car, and then the third train butted up behind it. That is not the most jarring sight you behold. Some 300 feet in front of you, relative to the path of the lightning rail, is an enormous wall of clouds. It's hard to call it clouds, hard to call it mist. It's almost easier to call it smoke with how dark and billowing it is. This wall of dark gray clouds seems to be morphing constantly into faces of contorted pain, hundreds and hundreds of voiceless visages crying out in agony, and behind them, flashes of light, like a newborn thunderstorm, or perhaps the exploding of arcane devices holding elementals.
2: Well, shit. Yeah, how's it look? <laughs> uh, not not good. Uh, I, I suggest we hurry, uh, and I'm gonna throw the uh, the rope down. And is there anything I can potentially tie the rope to? Or you got some scrap metal there? You have a post
0: which, right side up, would have been a stepping platform for getting on and off. You can tie off the rope there. Okay. Of course, there's shorn metal between the two layers of lightning rail car that might be less stable.
2: Yeah, well, we'll avoid that and I'll tie it to the post then. So I'll, I'll throw the rope down and I guess just because we probably should hurry and get out of here soon, I'm actually going to ride the rope down and see if I can help carry some halflings and whoever else may need some assistance in climbing. Seth will be
4: standing there to catch the rope and basically sort of put a foot on it, to anchor it so it's not swinging around or anything, and be there to help people climb up the first several feet if
0: they need it. You've also got a place where you could tie off perhaps a turned-over seat, which is bolted to the floor. Sure. Chef and Fan shepherd people to the growing pile, which allows people to climb out, and stably so, thanks to the use of the rope. Rook offers words of insight, leadership confidence, making sure that everyone who is able to do so shuffle out of the rail in as close to an orderly fashion as can be managed. What's Syntec doing right now, Will?
3: Since we were able to get out, I'll climb up the rope and survey the situation to see are there any other dangers? You know, is the train in threat of blowing up or something? Like, you know, from an engineering perspective, do we need to get away from the burning car
0: kind of thing? I understand your question, I think. So, you see deployed along the front and back of each car the emergency brakes of lightning rail. The asynchronous deployment of these brakes caused these cars to become jostled, slamming into each other. The frontmost car, the main engine, is upright. There's nothing wrong with it. Its emergency brakes deployed correctly. And you see the evidence of that with the long streaks of uprooted dirt caused by the pillars of stone and metal. There seems to be nothing wrong with the conductor stones, which line the path of the lightning rail. Nothing seems to be wrong with them. Although, again, you see these flashes of yellow, blue, and red light beyond the wall of clouds in front of you. Hmm. You also, of course, hear the cries of pain and agony of people in the cars that are worse off from you. You also hear the shriek of injured horses three cars down.
3: (sighs) I guess I'll just join in escaping with everyone else. Doesn't seem like there's much to do until we get people safe.
0: With you leading the way, people begin making their way out on top of the lightning rail and then down by virtue of the sideways car in front of them. Eventually, most of the non-wounded folk have consolidated some 75 feet away from the rail. You see Lightning Bolt Angela consoling a young man wearing a conductor uniform. He has the emblem of a silver unicorn on the back of his jacket. He has shoulder-length blonde hair, and he is inconsolable. His captain's hat wrinkled in his clenched fist. You hear some folks shouting out to each other occasionally in panic or confusion, but for the most part, you see people trying to get organized, or in this case, reorganized. So yes, y'all are all out of the lightning rail now. What will you do? So once again, Sheth's
4: going to survey the area, and I've got Spare the Dying as a cantrip ready to be cast at as many people who need it, who can be stabilized at the very least.
0: You hear a cry of help from the vertically askew lightning rail car. Medic! Medic! We've got someone pinned!
2: Sheth will immediately go in that direction. Van actually freezes up for just a second, having a flashback to a a very fateful battle he had one time, recalling his own crying out for a medic, for someone that was far beyond help. If Sheth notices
4: that, Sheth will put a hand on your shoulder to try to snap you out of it and come along with him.
0: Vanguard, make a wisdom saving throw. All
2: right. Um,
0: 18. The voice of your new friend calls out to you and brings you back to this present moment.
2: I look over and I apologize and yeah, we'll carry on then. Work's not done yet. No, it is not. The
0: two of you quickly travel back up the way you escaped up the sharply inclined northern face of the uprooted lightning rail car. Hopping in such as you're able to, this one isn't exactly on its side, it's more sideways, you hear a ferocious cry. It sounds almost like a snarling beast. You hear the voice once again say, WE NEED A MEDIC! The person yelling out to you is a halfling. They are in their formal black pants, but they've taken off their formal black jacket. There's no indication where that jacket might have gone. In front of this halfling is a woman entirely covered with hair. Her ears are long and lupine, pulled tightly behind her head. Her black nose and sharp white teeth are quite visible as she snarls and growls. There is a seven-inch-wide metal pole going through the bottom left side of her abdomen, pinning her to one of the sides of the car.
4: Gotcha. And she is, it sounds like, thrashing and snarling and very upset, it sounds like, at the situation.
0: Yeah. For someone who's impaled, she's quite lively. (laughs)
2: <laughs> right. Okay. Well, Van will cautiously approach, I guess, ready his his halberd, just pull it from behind him, and is just holding up a hand, like, outreaching it, like, trying to make a calming motion. I want to clarify, I'm not pulling the halberd out, I'm just kind of slowly gripping it in case worse comes to worse, but trying to tell them to be calm. The woman looks at you. Her eyes grow even wider.
0: She goes, Stay the hells back with that, you... Ah!
2: Okay, well, yeah. In that case, now that I've understood she can talk, I'm, I'm going to kind of relax my hands a little bit and lean over to you. And So what do you want to do? Chet says, Seems there's someone who needs our help.
4: And I will cast Thaumaturgy as a cantrip to make my voice boom up to three times louder than normal, to cut through all of the screaming and shouting and all the noise, and project my voice through this car and just say, if you stay calm, we will help you. And then start walking that way and nudge
0: Van to come with me. Give me a persuasion charisma check. Perhaps I should have said charisma intimidation. I have proficiency in both of those. Ooh, natural 20.
4: That would be 22.
0: The halfling and the hairy woman, which you know to be a member of a lineage called shifters. Hmm. They are the descendants of lycanthropes. The halfling and the shifter woman both look at you. Their eyes go wide. The halfling looks at the impaled woman, reaches out, touches her hand, and begins petting it gently. The woman begins to control her breathing. Her breaths are large... and shuddering. But she is doing her best to stay controlled. She growls. What do you have in mind for me, lizard?
4: Sheth chooses to ignore that last word. Is you're willing to cooperate? Well... Get that pole off you and get you out of here. I think... I think I'm run through. So you said that there is a pole through her abdomen. What are the dimensions of this pole?
0: It seems to have been once a part of the ceiling. It has bent off at a very unlikely angle and has her impaled against the wall. So it's uh, about... 20 feet from her to the adjoining surface. The width is about 4 inches by 7 inches. It's in an I shape.
4: And is the pole still attached to the car? It is. So we can't just slide her
0: easily off of the pole? If you were to slide her off the pole, you would need to get her unpinned from the adjoining wall that she's been pinned to. Gotcha.
4: She said that she's been run through, and Sheth will relatively calmly say, I've seen worse, and then turn to Van and say, we either have to slide her off this thing or break it somehow.
2: Well, I think breaking it would be easiest, but it might be potentially more painful with all the the moving around of the pipe. So um, just out of curiosity, you think you can heal this wound whenever we... Get her out of it? Yep. Okay. So you said that the pipe is bent from the ceiling?
0: Yeah, the eye-shaped metal beam is bent from the ceiling and
2: pinning her against the wall. And I take it with it being bent, it's a little thinner right where it's bent at? That's a good insight. All right. So
4: if you want to swing at it, what I can do is hold the pipe right where it has impaled this person, to hopefully ward off some of the vibration for when you hit it. Sort of stabilize it a little bit.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah. I'll pull out my halberd after all. And I'll kind of line it up there with the bin and just smash it down, basically. You climb over some damaged
0: car seats. After a while, you manage to find purchase with your feet wedged between the floor and the leg of a cattywampus seat. The bend in the pipe is just the perfect striking distance with your halberd. Make your attack roll. All right, here we go.
2: 22. Beautiful. Roll for your damage there, Slun. All right. That was a nat 10, so 13. With a single strike of your halberd, you slice
0: almost halfway through the steel beam. The... I-shape has been effectively made into a T-shape, except it was all crumpled and warped from where it was damaged right here. This is a good start, but it's going to need another hit. You hear the cry of the woman pin, she snarls and howls. But, Sheth, you can tell that the vibrations would have been much worse if your hands were not there.
4: Sheth will put a hand on her shoulder. You know, as a steadying presence, while Van winds up again, and before he swings again, we'll put both hands back on the pole to hold it
0: steady. Her hands are on the pole as well. Oh, good idea. She seems to be grasping this pole instinctually. Can we get another attack roll there?
2: Yes. I will roll 21. Nice. Damage, please. Damage is going to be... 6.
0: The steel beam snaps under the follow-through weight of your halberd strike. It clangs down near your feet quite suddenly. Make a dexterity saving throw.
2: Thirteen.
0: You manage to jump out of the way of the falling beam. Shethrazar, make a strength saving throw. Ten. The enormous weight of this steel beam lifts you and the shifter woman off of your feet, launching you both about seven feet to the right. The beam is not pinning her anymore. However, it has flung her clean off. You catch her, but you weren't able to stabilize her ease of coming off. Feeling her exit wound in her back, you feel the sloshing sensation of smooth and warm tissues.
4: Then I will absolutely put an arm around her to help keep her balance, not fall, hold her close, and I will cast Spare the Dying and sort of clutch the amulet that hangs around Shet's neck and channel this divine energy.
0: Just as you begin casting the spell, you feel her body freeze up and begin to shake violently with shock. Your spare-the-dying spell arrives none too early. She faints, but her breathing is regular. But she's not done bleeding. You need to get her more attention immediately. Right about this time, you hear an enormous... from behind you. And a voice says, No, I am... okay. Okay, what's going on here? It is a man in black robes with a red and silver crystal hanging at his neck. He has black hair tied up in a ponytail. Van, you recognize this man
2: as Brother
0: Drago of the Blood of Vol religion.
2: Brother Drago, we've been in an accident. We need to get this woman out of here. Can you come give us a hand?
0: He quickly... As quickly as a person reeking with the scent of their detoxication from binge drinking the night before possibly could, (laughs) he quickly shambles over to where you are, Shethrazar, and begins chanting a magic spell. There's a red and black glow emanating from his hand, a sloshing sound... Begins emanating from this woman's torso. Mm. Red strings seem to be braiding themselves together below the surface of her wound. Until it is scabbed over.
2: Am I able to recognize this as a common type of spell? Or does this seem unnatural for, at least for a,
0: a brother? Van and Sheth Razar can both make religion checks if they like to determine the nature of this magic.
4: Yeah, that Sheth was wondering the same thing. Sure, it's fine.
0: Uh nine for me.
4: Twenty. Not a natural twenty, just a twenty.
0: This is the spell Restoration. Somehow, Drago has called a miracle to cure the wound of this person who, by any other means, would have simply died. You helped by giving her a little bit more time, but he has restored flesh to her broken bones. The Restoration spell is a cleric spell. It looks a little bit different than the version you saw casted by members of the Church of the Silver Flame. Shet says, well, let's
4: get out of here. Uh, The only other person in this car is the halfling, right? Was it a
0: halfling who was in here? Mm Mm-hmm. And he's able to evacuate easily enough.
4: Sheth will hoist the shifter and let somebody else sort of take
2: the lead and then follow in their footsteps. Yeah, I'll lead us out with Brother Drago by my side and appearing to be very surprised by this. Thanking him and inquiring a little bit as to what it was he just did. The man in dark robes before you belches.
0: You see a speck of saliva jump from his mouth onto your chest. Warforged, even though they don't need to breathe, do smell. And let me tell
2: you, that's unfortunate. (laughs) It's enough to make me lose my religion. He says... Hey, you
0: got any liquor on you? Turning back to Syntek and Rook, I apologize for leaving y'all out for so long.
3: No, it's all good. They were saving a life. I guess it was important.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What do y'all do after Van and Shethrazar have rushed back into the train?
1: Rook's primary concern right now, unless she sees a better place for them to help, is to essentially be on crowd control. Uh, talking to people getting people grouped up sort of like getting them into something of an encampment so that she can do a head count and see who's missing there's a halfling
0: on staff who is quite happy to help you with this that will take you some time to work on that what is sentec doing once
3: we get out and are taking stock of the situation and when i see them run back in i'm going to try to find one of the organizers of the caravan that might be in charge of sending people back in to look for, you know, other injured or trapped people, and my plan is to send fetch with them and let it search for injured people.
0: Very good. Over the course of the next 2 hours or so, everyone begins contributing in their way to make sure that everyone is accounted for and to get anyone in danger out safely. All told, 6 people died in the trip. Out of the 30 horses, twenty of them had to be immediately euthanized. Most of the people riding the train suffered some injury in one form or another, but of the survivors only five people have serious injuries. This train wreck occurred at nearly two hundred thirty. It is now almost five o'clock. The winter sun is drawing ever closer to the horizon. Someone has already lit a fire. Angela pulls all of you aside in due time. She says, Well, how are y'all?
1: I would be reluctant to say good. Uh, or uh, that I'm happy to be home.
0: Indeed. I managed fine. Y'all seem to have gotten out with minimal injuries, and that's good. I suppose I should dress the massive wall of fog in the room. She looks eastward, and she says, That's not supposed to be here. Really?
4: What is supposed to be here?
0: What's supposed to be here is the remainder of the lightning rail to Vatharond. This, this is the wall of the dead gray mist. This, This is not supposed to be here. This is the Mists of Kyre? Yes. Ah.
1: So we've arrived ahead of schedule, then.
0: As a matter of fact, yes. Which means we'll have to be deploying y'all much earlier than expected. What has begun as a scouting mission has now turned into a rescue mission. We didn't realize we had lost contact with Vatherond. And whatever has happened to bring that wall of mist forward? Well, I'm just worried about the people there. I've arranged to have the beacon pulled out of storage. Y'all should get your things out of the train as soon as possible if you haven't already. (sighs) If you wanted to take two horses, I would make that approval.
1: That may be wise. We don't want to be slow in what's happening here. Good. Good.
3: Is there any precedent for the mist moving like this? You can
0: make an arcana check if you like. Use intelligence. Anyone may do so. You can also roll history if you prefer. Two. Twenty-five. You remember having read numerous, numerous articles about the dead gray mist? The term was coined the very day of mourning. Eyewitness reports made by known journalists who reached a stone before their life was wiped away claim that mists gray as death, eked out from unknown buildings in Metrol and making, leaving chaos in its wake. This dead gray mist may or may not be synonymous with reports of various magical explosions of blinding intensity. The greatest mystery of this dead grey mist seemed to be, once it reached the edge of the territory that Kair still held and put all of its war efforts into defending, it simply ceased its outward crawl. Numerous conspiracy theories, especially the ones you are fond of, mm-hmm. point to that as a major hint. So no, the wall of of mist moving is unprecedented.
3: And so this represents an expansion at worst and at least a shift. That's correct. Hmm. Syntec, during this conversation, would have been furiously
1: scribbling down notes. Uh, Lightning Bolt Angela has already left, yes?
0: She's still around. She wanted to personally see to it when the beacon was put into your hands. Okay, sounds good.
1: Uh, I was just going to say, well, this is all being sorted out and our horses are being brought and the beacon is being taken out of storage. Rook is going to kind of look to their assembled motley crew um, and just, well, for better or for worse, our voyage has begun. We are the best of the best and we were chosen for this for a reason. None of us should doubt and none of us should fear. We are moving onward. We are ready. All of you with me? To the stability squad! <laughs> no? To the stability squad. Hey! Mm. (laughs) We'll keep working on it. We will workshop that. (laughs) We'll get to it, yeah. (laughs) May
4: not have found our name, but seems we might have found our leader.
1: And with that, I am declaring inspiring leader. Everybody can mark six temporary hit points.
4: Ooh! Do we think it would be useful to... Rest before heading forward? Are we expected to go in right now?
0: You can have benefited from a short rest before use of the inspiring leader. Sounds good. So anyone who wants to burn hit dice or whatever's may do so. I do. Yes.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Yep, 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 yep.
0: A burly half-orc is carrying a large box. Lightning Bolt Angela is following directly behind him. He heaves the wooden crate and drops it right in front of you. He pulls out a crowbar and pops the lid open. He says, that's a lot of hay for something so small. Lightning Bolt Angela clicks her tongue and shooes him away, digs her arm into the crate, and pulls out a lantern. It is silver and looks like a bullseye lantern. However, as discussed, it has two glowing gold stones in the center of it, where one might expect a light and oil flick to be.
1: This is our precious cargo, then.
0: Indeed. I must entrust this to the artificer, although the acts of the brave and fearless leader are not lost on me. Where's the no? (laughs) I'll... Scoot up. As soon as it comes out of the box, I'm like, I'm wanting to get a closer look at it. (laughs) Oh, you were here the whole time. Here. (laughs) How well made is it? It actually features several engraved and recursive streams. It's sort of a flower motif, but you can't help but to appreciate that this motif strongly resembles the prophecy marks inside of the stones. Ooh, I'm pointing all this out to Fetch
3: as I'm going over all the details and admiring its craftsmanship.
0: The pug-nosed creature with bat-like wings clicks and chortles a little bit, but it seems to only be grasping the most basic information. Yes. <laughs> it's, fetch is definitely used to this. Our heroes each mount their horses. Sentec and Sheth on one... Rook and Van on the other. The driver of each horse dig their heels into the sides of the horses who gallop into the early twilight. After about 15 minutes gallop, the billowing mists of the dead grey lay right ahead. As our intrepid heroes disappear into the mists, it is almost as if A fanged face greets them with an open maw. Listening to this week's episode of Mysteries of the Mournland. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you like what we do and want us to keep up the good work, check out our Patreon. There are a variety of backer levels and rewards. And patronage of any size helps us keep the podcast up and running. The song you're listening to is Collision by Derringen, which we found on ocremix.org. You can find the information on all our music in the episode description. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you again next time.
4: I, I am t- I love this Soldier Bros thing we've got going on. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm digging it. The
4: two sure. big beefy guys. How how big is Van? Uh,
2: so I imagine him being fairly big. I mean, I, I think I got him as like six feet nine inches. Okay, so he's two inches taller than
4: Chef at six, seven. Okay, so yeah they're just these two towering <laughs> figures which is a really cool image I like that
1: oh yeah 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 uh, it's a good thing we're not putting both of them on the same horse that's all I'm doing <laughs> yeah
4: <saying>. I had <laughs> that thought when Josh was like you're gonna have two horses and I was like yeah me and me and the the, the war are gonna have to split up <laughs>
2: yeah yeah I was just I, I just pictured it like you know you and me on one horse is going and like just you know <laughs> two miles an hour, just just slowly dragging itself along. Me and, and
4: you carrying the horse. <laughs> and
3: as
2: well as the oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. See, now I have two
3: people to decide who I want a Master Blaster on the shoulder of. <gasps>
4: like there we like, go. There we like go. Bucky and Rocket?
3: Yes! Yes. <laughs>